pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 283. Today I'm going to chat with Scott Melton from Gators, discuss a ruling on marijuana and firearms, and highlight a new gun from Fletcher Rifle Works. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Scott, how are you doing? Pretty good. Not too bad for a Friday in yourself. Yeah. And not to mention you're in Arizona where it's warm. I literally just got back from shoveling my driveway. <laughs> I don't miss that. My mom grew up in Colorado and uh, I've used to go up there and visit and I'm very thankful for the winter weather down uh, in Arizona. I'm so sure. Like, so and the worst part is, is I waited, even though I have like a really strict HOA, I think we have like 24 hours or 48 hours. I don't know. I've never gone past 24, but yesterday I was so busy. I'm like, I do not have time, even though everybody else's driveway is all, you know, and so today, like the worst is like when it's sat for a little while and it's like kind of melted a little bit and it's like really hard. <laughs> so I'm just out there looking like a crazy person trying to get like all this ice and snow off my driveway. And then, of course, it faces north. So it's like the worst. But well, man, it's, I don't envy you. The, yeah. the most I've got to do is get the leaf blower out and blow some dust off from a storm. Uh. One of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna be your neighbor. You'll see. <laughs> you can come be a winter visitor. That's a, you know, and where I live, that's a big deal. During the yeah. winter, we have the the snowbirds. That's winter visitors. That's actually like my dream. Is that's what I want to do? Is I'll live here in the summer because it's too hot in Arizona in the summer, and then you know just go there in the winter and be one of those people that I'm sure Arizona hates. But <laughs> they they're they're all pretty good people down here. They come down and. Uh, you know, I live in a little desert and they're desert enthusiasts and they're pretty good. Traffic yeah. sucks though. Yeah, but. I can only imagine. <laughs> um, okay. So before we start talking about Gators, I wanted to take a quick break, talk about Smith and Wesson. As of today, I actually just put out a new YouTube video where I'm reviewing the new MMP 5.7 pistol and shot it last week for the first time. And I had heard, you know, some of the other like ambassadors, they were saying, you know, because they shot at range day, which I wasn't able to make during shot show. But they were I like, yeah, out. I know I did. But they were like, yeah, it shot super smooth. And actually, well, Scott, since you were there, did you have a chance to shoot the new 5.7 pistol? Yeah, actually, uh, Travis and I were playing around with it. It's uh, really nice. I'm definitely going to have to get me one of those. Right. Like, so everyone was saying that it shot really smooth. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm sure it does. I mean, it's a 5.7 by 28 cartridge. Of course, it's not going to have a lot of recoil. But I did actually have the Palmetto State Armory Rock 5.7 there at the range with me just to kind of shoot for comparison, which is roughly the same size. I think the PSA might be maybe just a hair larger as far as the slide in the barrel go. But I got to say the Smith & Wesson, it shot so much better. And I think it's because of that rotating temporal barrel system that I've never yeah. seen before, but you'll see in my video, I actually take it apart. It's two parts. And to my knowledge, I don't know of any other gun that has this kind of system, this sort of barrel on it, but it does something, something magical that really kind of absorbs a lot of that recoil it actually doesn't eject that casing until the bullet is completely out of the barrel. So it 
obviously going to be a little bit smoother, but also it's going to be more accurate. And best of all, so it comes with all these upgrades, has the threaded barrel, the optic cut, really nice flat face trigger on it. And you don't have to spend extra for those upgrades. But best of all, MSRP is only six ninety nine. I would assume, you know, you go to the range, you're probably going to look at maybe 625-ish, really competitively priced. If you guys want to check that out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Okay, so Scott, before we start talking about gators, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into this industry. <laughs> well, it's um, you know somewhat of by chance that I got into this industry. You know, a little bit of myself. I was born here and where our factory is in New Arizona. Lived here all my life. I had done some stuff. I worked out at there's a local Yuma Army Proving Grounds. I worked out there for several years. And then at some point, my parents had asked me to come help them run their business, needed some help. And so I went back and did that and did that for a few years. And I was I was kind of burnt out on it. And I was looking for something new. And this job came up with the sunglass company for the manufacturing side of it. And I was like, ah, that sounds interesting. I was a little bit younger still. And uh, it's, you know, I'm going to take off and do that. So I helped my parents out for a little while still. And transitioned to that, and it turned out to be um, the aluminum eyewear company. And it quickly transitioned into a successful business. The brand itself, Gators, has been around for quite a while. And it had uh, gone through change of ownership, and I was part of this new ownership. And we were able to take it and really bring this up to another level with uh changing the way we manufacture things and upgrading our system. So it was just kind of a, I was uh, actually tired of doing this and I had an interest in what started in with the engineering side of it and CNC machining. And uh, that was almost 11 years ago. Wow. I have to ask your parents' business, I would imagine, because I also, I grew up with entrepreneurial parents and it kind of gives you you know, you probably think at the time, like, oh, everybody has this business sense. And then the older you get, the more people you talk to, you're like, wow, people have no idea how to run a business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. So I have yeah. to imagine that it probably, regardless of what the business was, it probably taught you quite a bit that you were able to apply to this business. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I was involved with the business from a young age. I started working there when I was eight years old, basically in the summers. Um, so I've been you know, exposed to it for quite a bit, and it definitely helps at a younger age, you know, having that opportunity to see how business ran. And as growing up through high school and and everything else, still working there, mm-hmm. and then through college, I you know worked there, and and then went out to the proving grounds for quite a few years doing some stuff, and then ended up back there. But it, yeah, it's the that experience from a young age and seeing the inner workings as you go into another you know job, it's amazing, you know, how much you've learned at that younger age, even out of YPG, I wasn't practicing a, uh, you know, business degree, so to speak. But, you know, all that stuff was just bred into me mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Did Gator start off as making iPro that you could wear on the range? Or was it just, you know, more like fashion eyewear? How did it start? Yeah, 
<laughs> no, I mean, it started 28 years ago in uh, San Diego area, and it was plastic stuff way back then, kind of like the Oakley blades and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it transitioned into some different things. And at the time, the current owner had this idea to do stuff out of aluminum and put together, you know, what basically we still have today in the Magnum and the shape of it. It's been brought up to speed on a lot of different technologies and just the quality of the build and machining and checking. But that transition to it being really useful for skydiving with the aluminum frame and the high wrap, it uh, was able to stay on skydivers heads and give good, great protection for wind. Hmm. And so that being in the San Diego area, it was picked up by special operations that were at the drop zones and kind of transitioned into the special operations community there in the San Diego area and kind of grew from there. And then that was when it was noticed that there is, you know, some other functions to this eyewear built out of aluminum for protection. And ever since then, it's been involving, you know, with new technologies and really pushing the limits of what we can do as far as protection, but still looking good. And it has to be durable. Mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of blown away that this was able to be used during skydiving. Because, you know, when you think skydiving, you're thinking like something that wraps around your head because, I mean, I would think anything would just fly off. But from my understanding, so there wasn't anything that wrapped around your head. It was still just like over your ears. Yes. And, you know, with it being aluminum and the temples, you're able to mold those and basically adjust it Mm -hmm. once you get comfortable with adjusting procedures. And and it's a form fit to your head. And so with that wrap around the back of your ears and it being more rigid than plastic and not flexing and very close, they stay on skydivers' heads jumping out of a plane. Hmm. That's cool. Okay. So you've been with Gators for 10 years. I'm interested, like, what did you do when you initially started and like, how has your position changed over the years? So I initially started, it was a smaller company. It was another eyewear company, mm-hmm. also uh, aluminum eyewear. And it was doing the manufacturing. So I went in and just really fixed the manufacturing, made it more efficient, shaved a bunch of time off cycle times and production, was able to take the production time to make a pair and cut it in by a quarter. So wow. it was about a quarter of the time it took before, which you know set us up. And then we got a large contract with actually with uh, Snap-on Tools. Uh, so, so supplying a large order for them. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the owners were freaking out. It was big. And I was like, well, I can do this. You know, give me a few minutes. You know, it took more than a few minutes. But anyway, we laid out a plan and then I've kind of managed, worked into a role of general manager of that. And uh, we had three months to deliver about 24,000 pairs that we did not have on the shelf. Wow. It was a smaller one back then. <laughs> so we were able, and that included bringing in new equipment, personnel, you know, um, ended up setting up an operation running 24 hours a day uh, with a, a lot of new personnel. To say the least, I didn't sleep very much through those three months. Yeah, I can only um, vir- imagine. <laughs> <laughs> virtually at all. Uh, yeah, that transitioned to some other jobs throughout it. We set up a new factory and took over as doing operations there. And then we decided we were going to really put some effort in improving our manufacturing process, which we've already approved quite a bit since the original start of Gators. And we were going to make a major investment in technology um, of our equipment and our QC equipment. And, you know, we started bringing in stuff with um, different types of vision systems and probes. We measure over a hundred different measurements on a pair of glasses out of 
every 10 that come off the machine. So holding very tight tolerances and making sure every pair of gaiters is perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we went through that and set that up and we kind of retooled everything. Then after that, we were looking to the stars for new development. And so I took over R&D side of it and really focused my efforts on what's build new stuff, new technology. And with the team that I was working with, great team we have over there, we put together some projects and started developing new projects for uh, different types of eyewear. Hmm, nice. That actually sounds kind of like that would be like kind of a, a very fun job, actually. Well, it can be fun. It can be stressful, but for the most part, it's fun. You're getting to create, you know, these new technologies and play and try new things. And mm-hmm. we failed too. And, in you know, in all that, we all learned a lesson. Um, but you, then we look back at who you're doing this for. You know, our core is military law enforcement. That's where we started you know, our growth. And so you're, you know, you're doing something with a little bit of a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not making just sunglasses to wear out. These things have to function and be protective, have special technologies to block certain lasers and give people an advantage. Um, So yeah, and it's been fun. Then we get to go out and test them too. Yeah. Which requires you getting out on the range, which is always a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I have to imagine as you're walking down the street, you probably pay a bunch of like so much attention now to people's eyewear. Oh, it's a disease. If you're on the internet, <laughs> you're walking, you're always constantly looking to see what people are wearing. Something yeah. I would have never done 10 years ago. Right. I mean, I go through phases like that too, like especially with my house when I was designing the landscape. I'm like driving around looking at people's yards. If I find something I like, I'm out in front of their house taking pictures. I'm surprised I didn't get, you know, the cops weren't called on. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got fifty five thousand pictures on my iPhone. About forty thousand are probably my kids. Yeah, um, the, the remaining of them are glasses, basically for websites or something. I'd look at you know from our design stuff and just seeing things or seeing things out in the yeah in the real world. You know, it's 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 addicting. I could just imagine you're probably telling your wife, you're like, okay, like stand over there. I'm not like I'm taking a picture of you, but really, I need to take a picture of this guy's sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's something like that's probably happened. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, if not, I just gave you a great idea on how to, you know, take that perfect picture. Go. Little 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 PI service there. Let's just talk about like what sets your eyewear apart from everyone else's. Instead of me trying to explain it, I'm going to have you do that. But we actually, so we met when we were in Florida, and that was what are we going on? Like maybe two weeks, or I mean, I'm sorry, two months ago now. Yeah, beginning of December sometime, I think. And I was like really impressed with your stuff. At first when you, you know, you had a bunch on the table and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like I wear, you know, I mean, what's great about <laughs> it? And then when you went up and you were discussing it and talking about all the things that you can do, I was immediately just like really impressed. For one, I mean, it's really lightweight um, because it's made out of that aluminum. And I hate when things feel heavy on my face and it tends to kind of give me migraines it's the same reason why I, I mean, I should be wearing glasses maybe, but I hate wearing glasses. I always wear contacts just because I don't even like anything on my face because it, it does tend to give me migraines. And so that was one thing that I liked about your glasses, but also the fact that you guys can mold it because everyone's faces are, you know, different. Maybe their ears are, they set a little bit higher or they're lower than like where it would sit on your nose. And so you had the ability to just completely mold the frame. So also the nose piece and really form it to your face where it almost looks like it was made specifically for your face. Yeah. That's the 
beauty of it being aluminum, and it's made out of 70, 75 aluminum, it gives the user the ability to adjust it and really get that perfect fit to their face. And it's amazing, you know, what a pair of glasses will feel like when you get it perfectly conformed and fit. Mm-hmm. It gets to, and what we get feedback and what I experienced too from people that use it is, is once you get that pair dialed in, you forget it's on your face. Like yeah. you're wearing it all day long on the range with, you know, Air Pro and with it being a real thin 80,000 aluminum where a lot of glasses and plastics are a lot thicker back by the temples, especially on the range with Air Pro, it's not digging into you all day. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is like after uh, we met you guys and you did, you know, we all picked out a pair of glasses and then the next day we spent quite a bit of time on the range and I honestly, I'm like, like lately I use Isotunes, Ear Pro, really like it. It's comfortable, but I still have yet, if it's over the ear, you know, like the actual muffs, eventually it is going to start digging, especially with glasses. But that was another thing that I noticed when I was on the range is I'm like, okay, so normally by now I would be like, I can't wait to take off my ear pro, but I actually, other than it being hot and kind of feeling like, okay, my ear pro is filling up with sweat. (laughs) (laughs) It actually, it wasn't uncomfortable, which is another thing that I noticed. Yeah. I mean, your glasses, like you guys definitely are onto something and have created something that I think a lot of people, you've kind of like tweaked a lot of those, you know, those pain points that people typically complain about, but they don't really see a lot of resolutions out there for it. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, with every pair of gaiters, it's when we're designing even just overall, before you adjust it, we're worried about the fit because it's very important. You know, our glasses are made to function. Mm-hmm. We want them to look good. Everybody wants to look good while you're doing everything. Um, you know, even even a guy like me, I still want to try and look good out there. So that's important. But most importantly is, you know, everything we're putting into our glasses, designing new ones, it has to serve a purpose. It has to function. It has to work. And it has to be, you know, robust. It has to last. And that's why with our frames, we have a lifetime warranty on the frame. You know, these are investment grade eyewear that you're you're putting an investment in. And the investment is in this functional eyewear that protects you too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have some styles that are more traditional lifestyle, but still carry that same impact resistance. So if something does happen out on the range, you get caught by, you know, you're shooting still targets and something comes back at you, you're protected. Cause at the end of the day, you get one set of eyes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that was something I was going to talk to you about with the fact that, you know, with this aluminum that you're able to kind of mold it and kind of bend it and stuff. I was wondering at what point, you know, does it start to alter the metal and does that make it less i don't know does it make more pliable no i mean you i mean if you bend them in half you can break them but even you know adjustment it's it's 70 75 is it's used in in aerospace and airplanes a lot Mm -hmm. it has some flex to it and it's a really strong so no matter what you do to that it's not going to deteriorate it what the normal person would do to put on your head if you bend it 180 degrees it may start to fracture Hmm, interesting. I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about Mantis. If you guys want to take your dry fire to a whole new level, definitely check out Mantis X10. The X10 is Mantis's latest generation of shooting performance systems. It's smaller and lighter than previous versions, and it has a longer battery life. 
They mount directly to a Picatinny rail and they give you an incredible amount of data on your shooting performance, both from dry fire and live fire. Mantis also has a ton of different adapters for pistol mags, barrel attachments, and more to mount if the gun that you want to use it on doesn't have a rail. It's the only shooting measurement tool around that does both dry and live fire. In addition, it also has holster draw analysis and works with archery. I think actually that's going to be my next step is I haven't tried it with my holster yet, but I've been doing scenario shooting. And one thing that I think I could do a little bit better on is when I draw out of my holster. And I'm kind of curious to see if I can change that performance in order to minimize my time. And Mantis X would be, you know, a great tool to let you know that the sensors in the little module, they tell you about your trigger squeeze and then what you're doing wrong and how you can fix it. It's amazing. It essentially pays for itself, especially with the cost of ammo. If you want to check them out, head on over to mantisx.com. Scott, let's talk about the lens. So I know that there's a lot of different lenses out there and personally, I'll be honest, like the last couple of years, I've just been using like the cheap plastic eye pro that you can get for like $15, which is, you know, it's made for ranges, but it's like, at the end of the day, I do wonder, okay, how well is this actually protecting my eyes? If like you said, I'm shooting steel, you know, something comes back, you know, and is it going to, I'm, I'm sure it, I don't know, is it going to crack or, so I'm curious about like your lenses. How does that vary from all of the other lenses out there? You know, we have several different offers of lenses, you know, we have all the way up to what is our mil spec ballistics, which is tested to take a shrapnel round, which is 15 caliber, has a chisel point at 720 feet per second. So traveling pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, and that has to retain that in itself is a special lens with special, you know, different resins in it that allow it to have that impact capability. But besides that, all of our lenses, everyone that goes in any pair of our Gators classes will meet and exceed ANSI impact standards. And that's kind of the benchmark for safety glasses. With that, all of our glasses, when I say exceed, exceed it by very much. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important. And anything you're getting off the shelf, you know, cheap ones, if they have the ANSI market on it, typically they should be able to withstand that impact, but they won't be much over that uh, impact speed of that. Yeah, that the, makes sense. Yeah. The other big thing about it is with cheaper glasses, and especially when you're thinking about shooting, is optics. Um, you know, keeping tight optics and good optics in your prison and resolution mm -hmm. gets expensive in the tooling. It requires a lot of maintenance in the molds. Uh, keeping those surfaces aligned and you know polished surface so you have crystal clear optics. And that's one thing people overlook when you're out shooting is you know you want to wear your eye pro and you pick a cheap pair. You know, you're not putting much weight into that. But the reality is is I've seen a lot of cheaper eye pro we put on our optics equipment and it has a very large prism imbalance, uh, which prism is the test is taking two laser beams that go through the eyewear. And at a distance, you measure how far they are apart. So prism and some of these glasses can cause you to be cross-eyed or your, you know, your base out, which is your right eye and left eye are looking to different ways. So as you can imagine, with that plane, you're trying to focus on a target through these glasses. It can, you know, cause eye strain throughout the day, also be a little bit blurry. So beyond just the impact, you know, lenses, lenses are important mm -hmm. in the shooting world. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't think about that. I also just noticed that you guys offer a lens replacement. 
let's say in the event that they get scratched up, um, it starts at $65. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, especially if you, yeah. if you find a pair that you like love and then, you know, like every now and then this happens to me, I don't have a lens case in my purse. Mm-hmm. And if I have to put my glasses, you know, somewhere because I'm doing something, I'll just stick it in my purse. And then every now and then they end up getting scratched and I'm just like, man, and it drives me nuts. Like I'm not the type I've had some people, like some of my friends, if I forget my sunglasses, which I hate, I'm very like sensitive to the sun and they'll have like an extra pair of sunglasses in their car. And they're like, here, put these on. And I'm like, how are you wearing these? These are so freaking scratched up. (laughs) Whereas like, I'm the type that like, there's one little scratch and I'm like, nope, it drives me nuts. And then it sucks because it's like the glasses are pretty much dead to you. This is nice that you guys offer that replacement, especially at an affordable cost. I mean, obviously that's the entry level that looks like it is just for the, is it like the smoke lens? Um, yeah, just and then, on polars. And then it goes up from there, but that's, you know, that's pretty but, nice yeah, to have the, that option. The thing about it is, yeah, the lens replacement, you know, so to speak, is it's more than that. It's actually a refurbishment. So when you go online and you do a lens replacement for whatever pair you have, we give you a label and you ship it out to our factory actually. And they do an entire refurbishment on it. So they're going to take that. They're going to pop those lenses out. They're going to put it through ultrasonic cleaners. You'd be surprised how dirty your glasses get over the years. They're going to go through and replace a nose piece if it needs to replace the uh, hinges. They're going to check all of that stuff. And, you know, more than just put a new lens in, they're taking a good look at that frame. If there's any problem areas or something that may be of concern for the customer in the next year or two, a component, a rivet or something failing, they're going to either fix that or they're going to contact the customer and say, hey, we're going to send you out a new pair. This one's, you know, having some problems. So it's more than just replacing lenses. You know, we're when we tell our customers we have a lifetime warranty on the frame, we back it. You know, we're, we're taking care of you. Wow. That's really cool. And then you I guys also offer prescription lenses as well. Yes. Yeah. So we have uh, same thing online. You know, you can do the uh, RX program we have. With some of our glasses, and and this is something a lot of people don't realize, but with the tighter wrap ones, it is limited a little bit on the power of your prescription, Mm -hmm. but all of that's there online where you can check and see if your prescription fits in. And we're continuing to expand that line, especially, you know, I heard you talking about earlier, I'm getting to that age that I'm fighting having to get a prescription. So Mm -hmm. it becomes more important to me, you know, that we have a a good prescription light also. Yeah. Um, So still fighting wearing glasses as much as I can. Right. Uh, I mean, I've had to wear glasses since I was like in fourth grade. And I remember the first time I put glasses on and I was like, oh, my goodness, you can see leaves on the trees. Like before that, it was just like the shape of the tree. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. And now I am so blind, like, but I want to get LASIK, but my eyesight still keeps getting worse. It keeps changing. And I think you have to have the same eyesight prescription for like two years before you can do that. But it's so bad that like if I'm laying in bed and I have my glasses off and, you know, my ex-boyfriend at the time would try to show me something, I'm like, move it closer, closer. (laughs) And it'd be like five inches in front of my face. (laughs) It was really bad. I'm not quite that bad, but I'm getting there. Yeah. What about, because I guess you guys don't have transitional lenses, right? Because I guess I'm thinking. Oh, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we. Yeah, we have photochromic lenses and transitional lenses, both in RX and our other eyewear. So most all of our eyewear shapes have an option for a photochromic lens. Oh, okay. I didn't know what photochromic meant, but I... Yeah, so it 
Yeah. So, and those are great for different things, especially if you're out doing something, you're going to transition from low light to daylight, you know, it's bright sun. You're going to be out early in the morning. It's nice, especially if you're on the range doing things or could carry in the evening, you have that eye protection that'll transition throughout the day for Mm -hmm. you. Absolutely. And one thing that I do want to specify is you guys do not, as of right now, you have men's and I guess unisex but you do not have a women's line, which was the first thing that I asked you when we met and you're going over. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Where's the women's line? <laughs> but yeah. you guys actually do make some pretty nice glasses. I think it was the Marauder ones that I thought mm-hmm. were really nice. I mean, you have quite a few different options because the thing that I hate the most, and it seems like a lot of you know glass places, glasses places are doing this where it just looks like it's like razor thin and you kind of look like a, a superhero and it's just like it, you know, it just cuts across your face and it, it doesn't do, I hate it. I hate the way that I look like I won't even put those glasses on. And then obviously if you feel like, you know, it's uncomfortable, you think that you look you know, bad in them, then you're obviously not going to perform your best either. But I did like that you guys offered um, quite a bit of stuff that, you know, if somebody has like a larger head, then, you know, or if you wanted something that was a little more, I guess, feminine, where it like really kind of covered up more of your eyes, didn't have that razor sharp look, then I would say the Marauder. I'm trying to think what other ones was yeah. it the Delta that I liked as well? Yeah, the Delta's that that classic square look, you know, lifestyle piece. Yeah. And on top of that, we have the Stark and Skyhook, which are kind of part of the Aviator family. Oh yeah. Uh, with bigger lens, so some, some different options out there. Yeah, but you guys are possibly working on a female line. Yeah, it's I'm in excited. the agenda, and we yeah we have some new stuff coming out this next year, unisex, but can possibly have some models for it that will fit women a lot better be more designed towards a woman Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited for that all right um is there anything else that you can share with us anything in the works or i don't know any new designs yeah so i mean we're we're coming out with a new one um and the one i was speaking of which should be coming out later on this year which we're pretty excited about it's got some new technology in it and a couple of different areas, both in how fast and easy it is to change out a lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one will be able to swap out lenses in the field very quickly and easily, plus boast some pretty impressive uh, optics and uh, impact ratings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, we're pretty excited about that one to be coming out. Of the, keep it, keep your eye on, we'll be some more sneak peeks on that. We gave some sneak peeks out at SHOT Show and uh, we'll be doing some more here pretty soon. Very nice. And then- Beyond that, we we launched some shooting lenses, which are some high contrast shooting lenses last year, which we're getting a lot of good feedback on. Um, and it's really purpose built for the shooting sports and being out on a range and being able to acquire a target fast against different backgrounds and really creating those contrasts so that as you're put, you know moving from target to target, it's really easy to pick up that target no matter what the background is. Really, really a great product for out on the range. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then also one thing that I forgot to mention that I, another thing that grabbed my eye is the case that a lot of your glasses come in. And I don't know if this is an upgrade or not, but it has this little ammo can that I thought was like the cutest thing ever. Is that something that is an upgrade or cause I noticed not all of your cases were like that. Yeah, correct. So that one's that one's a special one. So it comes with um, some special releases and other things throughout the year. It's also an accessory on a website. And that thing is the 
biggest hit anytime you pull it out. And yeah. it, it's really great. When I, I went to the guys and said, you know, we need to come up with this new case. I want to come up with something special and unique. We, you know, what we do typically is we're pulling all kinds of different ideas, designs, anything. We just had this big board full of pictures and I just kept looking. We kept coming, you know, because we're, we're looking for stuff in the military, you know, relations. We had planes up there. We had all kinds of stuff. And I said, ammo can just kept coming to me. I was like, I grew up with them. They were mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, when we're out doing anything. My dad and grandpa, everybody, we had tools in their snacks, first aid kits, you know, obviously ammunition. Yeah. And it's like, you know, to this community, both in, in shooting sports and military and law enforcement, you know, that thing's, everybody knows it. And so when we set out to make it, you know, we went to our typical sources for making sunglass cases um, and everybody really wanted to kind of make it embossed handle. They want to make it look like an ammo can. And I told them, no, I want honey. I shrunk the ammo can. I want this thing legit. I want everything to work just like a real ammo can. I want that emotion when somebody opens it like this is real. <laughs> and and the team delivered. They hit it out of the park. It yeah. is literally a shrunken ammo can. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's freaking awesome i would say if nothing else i mean and i think you even said that your son he puts his 22 long rifle <laughs> ammo in it which i was like uh that's perfect yeah so when we made it there's an insert foam insert that goes in there that's designed to hold all of our glasses and we made it removable yeah you know specifically for that and yeah my my kid well you know all the kids use it for their 22s one of them's got it as that's his piggy bank on his desk you know mm-hmm. and, and they're just all over you know being used for whatever and that's a great thing about it is it's that timeless piece something unique that that's lasts forever and you can find all kinds of different uses for it yeah absolutely can you tell listeners what the website is or actually no i'm going to say that because you guys were nice enough to give a code so that listeners can get 15% off and that is Gators, so G-A-T-O-R-Z, not with an S, gators.com forward slash AVA, A-V-A. And if you guys just use that website, you'll actually get 15% off, which is awesome. Yes. And then also uh, social media, uh, what are your handles for like Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff? Yeah, so for uh, social media, we have, we're on Instagram, which is Gators Eyewear on Instagram. Facebook is the same Gators Eyewear. And then we have a YouTube channel and Twitter. All of those are just Gators Eyewear. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Moving forward with politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Pot charge ruled unconstitutional. On May 20th last year, Jared Harrison was pulled over on his way to work by Lawton police for an alleged traffic violation. The officer smelled marijuana and searched the car, finding some marijuana and a pistol. He was arrested and is awaiting trial, including state charges. In August, a federal grand jury indicted him for possessing a firearm with the knowledge he was an unlawful user of marijuana in violation of 18 USC 922G3, which is kind of funny how they can charge people with that. But, you know, the president's son, they don't care about. (laughs) Harrison argued that the charge violated the Second Amendment under the Bruin decision. Judge Patrick Rick from the Western District of Oklahoma heard the case and found that the prohibition 
on the possession of firearm as an unlawful user of marijuana was indeed unconstitutional. The precepts of Bruin direct that laws that limit the Second Amendment must be historical precedent in order to pass constitutional muster. No historical tradition exists in law for removing the right to keep and bear arms for people who use intoxicating substances. The statute says it shall be unlawful for any person who is an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance to ship or transport in interstate or foreign commerce or possess or in or affecting commerce any firearm or ammunition or to receive any firearm or ammunition that has been shipped or transported in interstate or foreign commerce, which I don't know about you, but I'm like, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> <laughs> That's the part with a lot of these, it's it made very hard to understand some things. This is the part that makes it, you know, where lawyers can charge you so much to <laughs> translate yes. what you just read. <laughs> The statute was only enacted by Congress with the Gun Control Act of 1968 and only applied to receiving a firearm and later in 1986 to prohibit possession. Thus, there is no historical tradition. The court goes on to explain that while there are occasional laws prohibiting possession while intoxicated, there were never any laws prohibiting possession because a person had used an intoxicating substance and even those historical laws were not common. Due to these facts, the case was dismissed with prejudice. While this case only applies to Jared Harrison, the directives of Bruin will likely be similarly applied in other courts as well. Whether the decision will be appealed by the DOJ or not, we don't know yet, but the issue we have to be taken up by a higher court to have national impact. Kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, one, I don't know. I also... Like, honestly, what comes back to me is like anytime I've worked in the gun store and there's people that want to buy a gun and they come in like reeking like marijuana or they want to go out on the range. And I'm just like, really? Like you smell like <laughs> marijuana. Yeah. But I mean, in this case, this guy got pulled over. They searched him and he has marijuana, a little bit of marijuana and a firearm. I don't know. I mean, I'm torn, but like I will say, guys, like just be smart, you know, probably not a good idea to you know, transport marijuana or substances with a gun or obviously use it while under, you know, the influence. But it's really weird. I don't know. The law is very weird. Like here in Colorado, you can actually go into a place that serves liquor. You might even be able to consume like a beer or a glass of wine or something. The law is very gray. It says that you cannot carry while intoxicated, but it doesn't go into definition as to what intoxication means. That's kind of like a lot of these laws sort of do set you up for failure. They leave an open door and a little vague in areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of interesting. Caldwell shooting. Caldwell has some of the most affordable quality steel targets around, and they're expanding their line in a bunch of ways this year. One important thing they're adding is the ultimate steel target stand, which I had a chance to check out at SHOT Show. It's a dual purpose design that has two one inch by two inch boards for use with cardboard. So if you want to set up, you know, just like a paper target or something. And then it also has a slot in the middle for a two by four 
that you can attach like a steel target to. The angle two by four will hold a full IPSC target without falling over, which is really cool because it's like really hard to find a good base to hang your steel targets on, especially if it's a good price. The total for this is only $39.99. It also comes with the ground stakes. It's power coded, so it's not going to rust. And best of all, if you use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. And that is CaldwellShooting.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit GunFunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is how are your scenario shoots going? Are they good practice for staying sharp? Scott, when we were in Florida, we had the chance to learn a few tips from Jerry Mikulek, which was amazing. I love that guy. Yes. He is so impressive. I like can't get enough of him. Anytime he talks, I'm just like in awe and I could listen to him talk all day. <laughs> For sure. That was, that was, that was a, a great experience. And a great yeah, night. I know. And he's so humble and just so knowledgeable. And like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, oh, just adopt me. Like, do you need another daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and then we also, we had Travis Kennedy, who you guys sponsor. He was there and he's Smith and Wesson's newest ambassador. And he's great. He's an ex-Navy SEAL and super knowledgeable. And we had, you know, the opportunity to learn some tips from him. But one thing I will say is when we were practicing with Jerry and we were going over handguns and I'm used to just shooting point blank at a target. I don't do like I guess when I first started out, I would do some competitions. I did some like IDPA, but for the most part, I just as I started teaching more classes, which were on the weekends, and then that's the same time that competitions were, I didn't really have time to partake in a lot of competition shooting. And now I'm kind of trying to take my shooting to the next level, which is like move and shoot, shooting under stress, because, you know, the minute the buzzer goes off, it's like your mind goes blank. And you're like, <laughs> what am I doing? And you freak out. And then yeah. you're being graded on your accuracy as well as timed. So I started taking up scenario shooting at the local range. And I would say if you guys have that, definitely take it up. It's just a great opportunity to train yourself to shoot under stress and also, you know, make sure that your hits are counting. And so I've been doing that now for, I think, four weeks. And it's crazy just how much my shooting has improved. But sure. um Last night I did it and I actually didn't shoot as well. And it was crazy because I was like in the best of mood all day yesterday. And then after I, <laughs> I did my shooting, you know, a few scenarios and I just shot like crap. And I just was, I'm like, oh, I could do so much better. And it's crazy then how like you're just kind of pissed off at yourself the rest of the day. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, all right, step out of it. <laughs> but yeah, that was, the, that was the big deal there. Uh, like I said, I, I've grown up shooting my whole life. And I shoot a lot still, you know, being out here in the desert, we have a range real close, but I spend a lot of time out on the range with my kids. So I'm always helping them. Mm -hmm. And it was a big eye opener going to there and working with them and realizing, even though I've shot all my life, I'm a great shot, you know, um, for just an average Joe, I guess you could say, not a competition, but really good. But putting that and doing those scenarios and, and hitting that target all the time and being proficient in it. You know, I, I felt horrible about myself. I was like, especially with the surroundings I had there. Um, but it is so important to get out there and take that time and, and 
yeah. any scenario bases and, and practice the, yeah. on them skills. Absolutely. I know. But you know what? It's also important to know that even like you could be the best shooter and sometimes you're just having an off day because I think oh, yeah. um, one thing that I thought was kind of funny is Travis went to go shoot in his first time around. I think his optic was off or something like that. And like, I mean, he didn't yeah. hit anything and he's obviously a good shooter. And then I've even seen, cause I've been at different events with Jerry and I've even seen Jerry just sometimes like totally blow it. So it just, you know, I mean, it's all in good fun. And if anything, you know, it's humbling, extremely humbling for sure, but it's, it's just good practice. And for the longest time, I think I avoided it because maybe I let my ego get the best of me where I was like, uh, I don't know. I and I hate sucking at something. And I think that's also <laughs> why it sort of opened my eyes. And I'm like, all right, I need to practice. I need to become better. And then you get addicted and you keep doing it until you just become really good. And that's sort of something that I've always, you know, I've always done. But I will say, like, yeah, if you guys can find any kind of, even if it's not scenario shooting. So scenario is typically it's at a range and they only set up one scenario and you just kind of run through it multiple times and it kind of gets your feet wet before you go out and do like a competition. But I would say if you have IDPA at your local range or IPSC and those rules are, they vary significantly. Like IDPA, you absolutely have to shoot from like behind cover, IPSC, not so much. So just make sure that you're aware of what those rules are. And also as far as like what guns you can have, what kind of accessories, the holsters, stuff like that. But if you could just get out there and try it, and as long as you're, you know, putting yourself and others nearby in a safe position, you're not, you know, so far, like I wouldn't say if you just shot a gun, like go out and try it, definitely get some experience first. But it's just, it's a great way to take your shooting to the next level. And if anything, just put your freaking ego aside because at the end of the <laughs> yeah. day, this could save your life. And I would like to think that your life is way more important than your ego. Just some food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Armory. Have you had a chance to shoot a binary trigger? No, I have not. Oh man, you're missing out. If we, <laughs> okay. So if we ever get together for shooting, I'm going to bring out my guns that have binary triggers, but it is so much fun. Essentially you press the trigger, it's going to release a round, but then as you're releasing the trigger, it releases another round. So for every trigger yeah. pull, or every time you pull the trigger completely, you know, full cycle, it releases essentially two rounds. It's very similar. Like once you get the cadence down, it's very similar to shooting as close and as legally as possible, like a machine gun. <laughs> it is so addicting. That was another thing that like at first when I shot it, I was like super awkward. And I'm like, what just happened? Uh, you know, but it was also <laughs> fun. You're like, all right, I want to do that again until I get the cadence down. I don't look like an ass, you know, shooting it, but yeah, if I would recommend if you have the opportunity do that. They uh for sure. They have binary triggers for all kinds of guns, even 22s. So if you don't want to break the bank by shooting a lot of ammo, you could also yeah. put it in a 1022. I think I'm going to check those out. I've heard about them, but I've never actually got to use one. Definitely going to look into that. Yeah, you absolutely should. And if you guys want to check it out, head on over to franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Tech to talk. 
discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Tacti Talk, Fletcher Rifle Works introduces the 1122. For over 50 years, the Ruger 1022 has reigned as one of the, if not the most popular, rimfire rifles in the world. We were even talking before the show started. There's tons of accessories that have been released for the 1022, including a binary trigger, which is one of the reasons that I need to get a 1022. But recently, I can't believe you don't have a 1022. I know. Like, so you should see my gun collection. I have so many guns. And you would think at one point, yeah, I would get a 1022. But you know what? In my defense, I only shot my first gun a month short of my 26th birthday. So it's not like I like, you know, was like gifted as a child, like a 1022. And I'm like, oh, and this gun here <laughs> I've had since I was five. <laughs> and then yes, I, I've got one of those and my kids all have them too. Yeah. But then I'll give you that. Then I, I guess also because like I've never gone, I mean, I did hunt, I shot an alligator, but before that, I mean, it's not like I was like shooting small game or anything, which is typically what people use 1022s for. So I don't know. I guess I've never really had an, like a reason for it. Yeah. That's my defense. <laughs> I'll but, take it. I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one. <laughs> but apparently for those who do own a 1022, the one thing that it's been lacking from the very beginning is like an easy way to take it apart and give it a proper cleaning, which is this true? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they can be difficult. They're not as, as easy as a lot of other ones. I guess that's why Sebastian Unger, he's been working on changing this overlook element in the design for quite a while now and partnered with Fletcher Rifle Works to manufacture it. So the 1122 receiver is an open top design which allows quick access to the inner workings of the receiver. You pull a pin at the front and the top of the receiver slides off the back, allowing you to clean the internals quickly and easily. The only catch on that is how you mount an optic. To address it, Sebastian designed two versions. One has a Picatinny rail on an extended receiver for a scout style mount. It's all milled out of uh, the same billet, so there's no chance of any zero shift. The other solution is still in development, but has a standard length receiver with the rail milled into the removable top. That does introduce the possibility of zero shift, but they're working on precise fitting to keep that to a minimum. So kind of interesting. Rifle Works, they're selling the 1122 all fully decked out for $875. So definitely a lot more expensive than a 1022. Although I will say, so I recently did look at possibly buying a 1022 and it is not as inexpensive as it used to be. Like it has definitely gone up in price. <laughs> and everything has. Just, I know. And sure. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> do I really want to spend this on a 22? Because I like shooting 22s and I think that I would shoot it if it had a binary trigger in it. But sometimes I get bored with shooting 22s. Like I kind of do sometimes like the recoil or I like trying to manage the recoil, which is, you know, for sure, sort of, I don't know. So I'm like, oh, do I want to spend like $350, $400 on this? But I yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, 22s are fun. Yeah. Um, I, I happen to have a lot around the house because of the kids, but you do make a very good point that, you know, I personally, I don't shoot them every once in a while. It is fun, but I'm, I'm going to pick up a lot bigger caliber 
yeah um, for for my fun i want to like feel what i'm shooting i guess i don't know <laughs> so exactly. i don't know if yeah. i would spend 875 but you know for those who you know have an issue with you know they they absolutely hate cleaning their 1022 this might be something that you want to look into and i guess it's available direct from fletcher's website or from brownells if you guys want to look into that IWI. So if you want a rugged and reliable gun, definitely check out the Galil Ace from IWI. I just recently posted my Tavor SBR on Instagram and I said, hands down, two of my favorite guns happen to be actually from IWI and it's the Tavor SBR as well as the Galil Ace. The Galil Ace, I have the Gen 2 version. It's chambered in 7.62 by 39, although it is available in like 5.56, 545 by 39 and then 762 NATO. It's honestly, it's amazing. It's like a refined AK, but it's a lot more accurate. The charging handles on the left side. So the manual of arms are just much easier to manipulate. I decided to SBR mine, which honestly now with everything going on with the braces, I'm glad I did. I put a stock, a muzzle brake and a foregrip from JMAC customs on it. And it's just freaking perfection. But the Gen 2 version, it includes a free flow M-Lock rail for accessories, which I added like some wood panels on mine and gave it like a wood riser as well. But it just has a really nice, like sleek, modern look. Definitely recommend checking it out. You can get the rifle or the pistol version. Check it out at IWI.us. And remember, while you're there, if you find any accessories that you want in the web store, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That's all one word. And that's going to get you 15% off. And again, that is IWI.us. And now it's time for iTunes reviews. Only review is from Dave the Hunter, titled One of the Best, Five Stars. Episode 251 was great. Having FM products on was great. Their story is as grand as their products. Much as I hate politics, getting into the stream with my finally catching up is now more palatable. New year, new operator, new home. Guess I need some new guns. Keep up the good work. And now it's time to wrap up. If you guys enjoy the show and you want to support it, consider becoming a Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com or you can go to gunfunny.com and click on the support the show link. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation. You'll get access to the Patreon-only Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. You also automatically get entered to win a $300 gift certificate from Balone Deadline. He does some amazing Cerakote jobs. He just did one for me, which I need to put that gun together, but it looks amazing. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And then King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Scott, I want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on and I appreciate what you're doing. Can you just remind listeners once again, 
where they can find your social media. And before you do that, I'm actually going to let people know your website because you guys were nice enough to give us a link that will get listeners 15% off. And that is at gators, G-A-T-O-R-Z.com forward slash Ava. That's A-V-A. There's also a link in the show notes and that again, it gets 15% off. But Scott, once again, what is your social media so that listeners can follow you? Yeah. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and they're all under Gators Eyewear. Okay. Awesome. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Thanks again. And we're out of here. Thank you. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.